This is Dawn Schuler, Certified Trainer and Business Consultant at the Schuler Group with the People Thrive, Companies Thrive podcast. And today I'm here again with my dear husband and business partner, Mark. And at the date of this recording, we are in the midst and not yet at the peak of the coronavirus. We have talked and I have had several episodes before about being proactive versus being reactive. And in this situation, we are really seeing that come out even more. My contention, and Mark, I'm really looking forward to hearing what you have to say about this with your background as a, as a marriage and family therapist, a master's in clinical psychology. My contention is that we are wired to react and have that knee-jerk reaction and that now in this time of crisis, a pandemic, that part of us is in kicked in full gear. So Mark, what do you have to say about that? Uh, <laughs> well, um, I have a lot to say about it, so I actually have to condense what I have to say or, or refine what I have to say because there's reactivity uh recently i heard a person talk about our lizard brain and i'll say a little bit more about that in a minute but but essentially the lizard brain is the reactive part it's like there's there's danger over here i need to go over here or i need to attack over there to prevent the danger those flight or flight um uh did i say that right fight or flight um so what I want to say is that I want to I want to give a tiny bit of background. I studied a, a you could call it a metaphysical study, but it was kind of more into the who we are rather than our spiritual selves. But it was about the different centers, and there's the instinctive center, the moving center, the emotional center, and the intellectual center. I we could talk about the top three at some later date, but we're essentially talking about the instinctive center, which you could also call the lizard brain. And what happens is anytime there is a, a potential for danger, we can resort to what's called fear. Fear triggers the lizard brain, the instinctual center. And so that can be what happens. It's probably why people are hoarding toilet paper and other things and whatever, because the lizard brain is taking over. The instinctive center is taking over. So there's a few aspects of that that we probably need to discuss. Um, the, what do we want to call it? The panic reactive uh, phenomenon doesn't really serve us. Um, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why? Why? Because we live, we actually live in a higher functioning society. Very good question. We live in a higher functioning society. So the fact that we can actually go buy toilet paper in our instinctive reaction is interesting. We wouldn't be able to do that if we lived, you know, in a society that was based on those lower levels, on the instinctive and moving center. But we live in a society that's based on all those centers. And I can talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs at some point. 
not necessarily in this discussion, but sometime. Um, but the point is that there's a lot of knee-jerk reaction, which is about the instinctive center trying to protect itself. And what I call this is inappropriate response of the instinctive center, because the instinctive center is about preserving us. It, it, it actually has two functions. We're only talking about one today, but I'll mention both. The first function is protection of the organism. That's the ultimate, the, the, the number one, the primary mission purpose of the instinctive center is protection of the organism. The second function is procreation of the organism. That, but procreation only happens after we feel safe and protected. Um, so, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to go a few places, but I'm not going to go far down those roads because I want to talk about some specific things. So the reactivity is what's causing some of the hysteria, the panic, whatever, uh, based in the instinctive center. The other thing that I want to mention that I think is more important in all of this is, and I'm going to go off on a little bit of a tangent here. I'm looking at my lovely wife. She says that's okay in her expression. Try not to go too far down this road, but I really think this is important. There, Many of you have probably seen the videos of officials talking about things like not touching your face in public. And then, of course... Uh, one of the most, one of the, whatever you want to call it, popular YouTube. Uh, what do you want to call it? So many hits, a thousand hits, whatever it is. The, the the YouTube that's gotten a lot of hits is when these officials have been talking about don't touch your face in public, and then what did they do? They touched their face in public. Why? Because their instinctive center detected an itch in their eyes, nose, mouth, or ears. And what, it, what does the instinctive center want to do? It wants to scratch it, it wants to rub it, it wants to do, do whatever. So their instinctive center has actually told them to do something that they are intellectually and emotionally telling people not to do. And they're doing it within moments of saying, don't do this. And part of the problem is that it really does require discipline sometimes to override our instinctive center. And that's what's required when these things happen, is that we need to override the urge to touch our vulnerable areas in our, in our face. And I would add to that the discipline to override it, but what that means is you have to be conscious which is almost the exact opposite of letting your instinctive center take center stage. That knee-jerk reaction of let me buy up all the toilet paper I can is not conscious. It is absolutely borne out by fear, the need to survive. It's not rational. It's not logical. It's simply fear-based. It's not conscious is my point. Understood and absolutely correct. Now, the not so good news is that because everything I've heard about viruses is they don't crawl around. <laughs> they don't, you, you could touch your cheek with your finger that has coronavirus on it and it's not going to crawl up your face into your 
eyes where it can get into a mucous membrane or whatever you want to call it and, and get into your body. It's not going to do that. So you could touch your cheek, you could touch your chin, you could adjust your hair over your ears, whatever, and, and the virus is probably not in that instance alone going to get into your body. We can talk to CDC people and whatever and decide if that's, you know, correct. My understanding is that's the way it is. The problem is that the instinctive center wants to rub, probe, do whatever it is that it does to relieve whatever our problem is. And I'm going to say here, given the current circumstances, I've been dealing with hay fever. This is a particularly interesting spring that happened early, and I've started to have hay fever symptoms like I haven't had in a couple of years. I'm having to deal with those. What happens when you have hay fever? You're sneezing. You have to blow your nose a lot. Your eyes sometimes itch, etc. What happens when that happens? Well, you want to scratch, itch, whatever. If you're in public and your eyes itch, guess what? The virus gets a free ride if you touch something that has the virus. The virus is an opportunist. Hmm. And its best friend is our instinctive center that says, oh, I got to scratch my eyes. Oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. So viruses are actually opportunists. Now, if it goes, you know, if it's airborne, then of course the distancing is probably going to be a better thing to do. But generally people infect themselves with the virus by touching their membranes that allow access into their internal body. And that's why we have to learn how to override some of our instincts in times like these so that we don't infect ourselves. And that's pretty important to remember. I would assert that most of the people who have gotten the virus have infected themselves by con connecting with it some way in the world and then actually injecting it into their bodies through mucous membranes, which are the eyes, nose, ears, mouth, and uh, that's pretty much how that happens. So the point of, of the episode and why I wanted us to have this conversation was about the knee-jerk reaction and how that does not serve us. And whatever your modality is, whether it's the Gurdjieff Uspinski work that you did, whether it is uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs or how the brain was formed where that lizard brain was the first part of the brain that was formed, which means in my mind that everything goes through that lizard brain instinctive center, the Maslow's hierarchy of needs first. We have to survive. We have to have food and shelter. We have to exist and then once we are pretty sure we're going to exist then we can climb up that ladder of Maslow's hierarchy of needs but that first level in all these different systems tell me if you think I'm wrong or not is that we have to get through the instinctive center so that first reaction is that knee-jerk reaction. And so how do we counter that? So I want to go back to 
what I said earlier, well, probably pretty close to the beginning of this interview, is about how the videos of people talking about, don't touch your face, and then all of them had images of them touching their face, either before or after they said that, but still while they were in public. The, I think the overall point is that we are unconscious about our instinctive reactions much of the time. And becoming conscious of those instinctive reactions is a practiced skill. And that means, okay, let me let me go back to many years ago when I worked with children a lot. And I actually was doing counseling with what the world called disturbed children. I was doing counseling with four kids at a time in a closed room where I was working with them to try to work through whatever their problems were. Mostly they were due to things not their own parents, etc. But we won't go into that too much. The point is, I was working with these kids in this room. And the first year that I was doing that, I was pretty much sick continuously. Why? Because children are incredible incubators and carriers of everything. And so, and teachers have said this to actually you, Don Schuler have said that you're my your... first year as a young English teacher. I had bronchitis six times. Yeah, because because that's just what happens, and we eventually develop immunity. Uh, but I started, but I tried to figure out, okay, what do I need to do? You know, these kids are touchy feely, whatever, and so I was touchy feely, and I and I figured out because I'd listened to some of the things. Is okay, first of all, anytime I'm with these children in this closed environment, whatever, I could get it airborne. But more likely, I got it because they were all touchy-feely, and then I would touch myself in vulnerable areas. So I had to wash my hands. My point is, I started practicing consciously not touching myself in vulnerable areas, washing my hands frequently, and eventually the second year, the, the amounts of incidents of me getting some kind of flu or disease or whatever started to minimize but it was a practiced skill and it took time to practice this skill and i think unfortunately we're faced with we need to speed up that process of practicing that skill because our instinctive center wants us to scratch itch do whatever we do and we have to fight that when we're in public we have to consciously be aware no i don't want to do that right now I'll, I'll sanitize my hands, I'll do whatever, and then I'll scratch the area or whatever. But I have to wait until I do that. And that's what I think is, is a big part of what's happening right now as far as the instinctive center is concerned. And we spent a lot of time talking about the basics because it's, of course, part of the whole coronavirus thing don't touch your face. And what they really mean is don't touch your eyes, ears, nose, mouth, those mucous membranes. I want to take this to the next level because that's a knee-jerk reaction. Okay, you don't want to get sick, so don't touch your, your face. And that's all good. Mark, like you said, one way you prevented getting sick your second year counseling these kids in this program was that disciplined Disciplined is a routine good of let me not touch my face, let me wash my hands often. What we're seeing with the world 
colleagues, businesses, is people going, oh my gosh, this thing is happening and I have to pull back and I have to shut this down. I have to close this off. I can't run my business. I can't ask for services, whatever it is. And it's knee jerk. It's not in any way thought out. And we've, we've spent time over the last week or two talking with some of our clients in some cases, talking them off the proverbial ledge. Don't yep. don't pull back. Don't close your doors because now may be a time where your people need you more than ever. But it's that knee-jerk reaction that says, no, I've got to do this. No, I have to close it down. No, I have to hoard toilet paper and macaroni and cheese and whatever it might be. Is that what is really needed. And so what I really want to get across to our listeners is that whatever modality you believe in, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the Gurdjieff-Uspinski, the lizard brain, whatever it is, the, the chakra system, like the root chakra is survival, is that know that that's probably working overtime. And you, Mark, have a um, a phrase that you like to say sometimes. Do you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> Unfortunately, I have several phrases, but uh, but you'll you'll tell me. It's something that you say to the instinctive center. Oh, okay. Now I know what you're saying. Uh, yes, you tell the instinctive center, "Thank you for sharing, and I appreciate that you're there, and I will." Take what you say under advisement and I'll move on. Yes. And that's the point that we really are trying to get across here is the instinctive center's only job is to keep us alive. And it does not differentiate between the saber-toothed tiger coming out of the cave or in the bushes and the need for toilet paper and our first world, (laughs) first world problems, right? And it doesn't differentiate. It's just, it's a crisis. It must react. So it's going to do whatever it can do. Well, and it, and it has its really uh, important place. Of course. It prevents us from walking out into the street in traffic. It prevents us from drinking poison. It, it uh, knows when something smells off and it could poison us. Right. But we're talking about those base areas. Yes. And as evolved complex humans we are more than just that bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy of needs or the root chakra or our instinctive center. We are more than that. And so what that means is if you stay in that space too long, one, it's going to stress your immune system, which is going to make you more vulnerable to the coronavirus and other issues. There's that if you stay there too long, but then also... You're not serving yourself or your people, your family, your friends, or the world. Whatever it is you're here to do, you're not serving yourself. So at some point, you have to do what Mark said and say, thank you for sharing. Take a deep breath and say, this action, this knee-jerk reaction that I'm thinking I have to do, do you really? Is that really the best move? Or is now the time for that move? Right. Do you need to make that decision today? Can you suspend that decision for three days or until next week? 
and get more of a lay of the land and make a more informed decision. That's the problem. Knee-jerk reactions are not informed decisions. Incredibly well said. Thank you, my dear. So I hope you have found this helpful. And as we wrap up, I don't want to make it sound like, oh, you shouldn't be scared and the coronavirus isn't a big deal and, you know, just go on about your business. Absolutely take precautions and do what is needed, but do it from a place of after you've gone through that instinctive center and hopefully not taken too many actions as a result of what your instinctive center wants you to do, take some deep breaths and think, what is the best decision based in reality, based in facts that I need to do right now? And maybe I need to plan for a different decision in three days. And what does that look like? That's what we're asking you to do. So Mark, anything that you would like to, to end with? I think we've covered a lot here, and I and I think that probably we and they are, you know, and you, the listeners, are full up right now. Um, just, you know, I mean, do the best you can and really try to not be reactive, be proactive. That's probably the message here. Step back, breathe, take a break, look at the situation before you act. That's probably the biggest message I can deliver here. I so agree. So I always sign off my episodes with, you know, until next time, may you thrive. And that's not just a pretty little statement. That really is what we believe in. We here at the Shoulder Group are want to go beyond the just existing and just surviving. We want to be in a place where we are thriving and we are helping our people thrive. So if we can be of service in any way, please feel free to reach out to us at www.theshoulergroupllc.com. And until next time, may you thrive.